What up, what up, what up, everyone? This is the Doctor Football Podcast. My name is Dr. Dennis Tian. I'm recording remotely tonight from Lake Buena Vista in Disney World, as always. I'm joined by my co-host, the man, the myth, the legend himself, and CEO of Hedge Better Technologies, Justin Fine. Justin, what's going on, my man? How are you? Oh, I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm watching. Uh, I'm watching Georgia throttle TCU in the uh, in the background right now. Um, but you know, it, it, it's funny because I'm thinking to myself right now, you're you're you know supposedly in the happiest place on earth, but this weekend it was probably tough to uh, to crack a smile after that Patriots game, right? That was that was some tough. Oh, uh, be honest with you and we're gonna get into a lot of i think the reasons why i think we had all had low expectations as as patriots fans um but but i will say you know i watched the game from a pool bar at a disney resort and i mean look it's meaningful football on january 8th and this was not a good season for the patriots but it was an entertaining season and 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 even though there were a lot of struggles um those struggles actually made this interesting and there was a lot to talk about and there is a lot to talk about and a lot of questions surrounding this team going into the off season, a lot of uncertainty. And I think that really, you know, this franchise continues to move into a crossroads, but we're going to get to all of it, um, Justin, but, but I wanted to start actually by talking a little bit about um, Bill Belichick's press conference today. Cause now we've had 24 hours to digest the game in Buffalo um, from Sunday night. And certainly there's plenty of things in the game itself that we're going to get into. But when I listened to Bill Belichick today, Bill Belichick today, I was really stricken. I really was stricken and, and stunned by a few of the things he said, because I thought he came into that press conference with his guns a blazing. Like he knew that there were a couple things that he wanted to kind of very subtly but I think cleverly and, and poignantly bring up, but, but, but without really so much saying what he wanted to say, but that strongly implied what he wanted to say. And I'm curious to hear your thoughts about it, but I mean, he started his, his press conference by taking responsibility for what happened. And then shortly thereafter, he immediately proceeds to, to, to talk about how Mac Jones can play in this league, which I thought was completely damning him with frame, fame praise. Right, because we've heard Bill Belichick be effusive about players before. We've heard him be effusive about Matt Slater and Devin McCourty and David Andrews, and and, and you know you can go back years and years and years. When Bill Belichick really likes someone, he he's not afraid to heap on the praise, and, and he really didn't do that at all for Mac Jones. In fact, quite the opposite today. And then he immediately brought up that they were 27th in the league in spending overall, and, and I thought that was a shot at Robert Kraft as well. And what it really made me feel like, and, and, and I, I, I want Bill Belichick back to be head coach of this team. I really do. I still think he's a great X's and O's coach. I still, deep down inside, believe in the Patriot way. I still believe that, 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 that they can fix this thing. I, I've been shocked at what I've seen the last three years from this franchise. But, but after I listened to his press conference today, and it made me really see and understand that there's division in this organization that it made me feel like Belichick might not necessarily believe in Mac Jones as the franchise quarterback of this, of this team. And that that might be different than what Robert Kraft or some other people in the front office believe. And it made me feel like that there, there is, there is division between Kraft, Belichick 
um, around Mac Jones, around some of the spending, around some of the other issues with this franchise, the coaching, who's to blame for why this was such a disaster this year, why this offense was such a mess. Was it Matt Patricia? Was it Mac Jones? You know, was it Bill Belichick? There, there feels like after listening to Belichick today, there's a lot of discordance around, around that. And, and I think that it bodes very poorly for the future of this organization, almost to the point where, as I said, I want Belichick back, but I felt like maybe if, it, if he ended up not coming back, that might not be the worst thing in the world because it's hard to see a divided house like this moving forward successfully. Justin, you listened to the press conference today. You heard Bill Belichick's comments. Am I reading too deeply into what Bill Belichick said today? Well, look, so first off, I think to address the last thing you said, um, I think he answered that very clearly. He's coming back. He plans on being the coach of this team next year. And, from the, you know, from the sounds of it, um, it doesn't sound like he's planning on leaving anytime soon, right? I think. Well, I want to interrupt you, but can I say one thing? I even thought that was interesting. He said, I plan on coming back. You know, those conversations maybe haven't been fully had at an organizational level. I think he was throwing his chips on the table that somehow if he doesn't end up back here next year, you know it wasn't because of him. Because that was the first thing he said. I plan on coming back. I agree with you. Right, yeah. But it's his vision. It's Robert Kraft's. For sure, for sure. And I, I honestly, you know, I, I, I know you think there's a chance, but I, I personally don't see Kraft pulling the trigger and getting rid of Bill. I think if Bill wants to come back, He's going to be back. That's just my personal feeling. I mean, I could be totally wrong. But so to hear him say he wants to come back, it sounded to me like we're going to get at least another uh, couple years out of Bill. It sounds like, you know, maybe um, maybe, maybe he's taking it a little personally now. You know, he like you said, he came out, he acknowledged some responsibility, um, you know, basically saying how hovering around 500 uh, is not the expectations. It's not satisfactory. They need to be better in all, you know, every area. And it starts with him. Um, you hope he's really going to take that seriously. Uh, you know he's not the type of guy who throws people under the bus, right? So his repeated questions about, um, you know, Matt Patricia and the offense, uh, you know, he, he pretty much had the same answer for everybody, right? He really, you know, he said it was part, part of a system that he needed to evaluate, and that evaluation process would start today. But everything he's done, you know, he's always done it with the best interest of the team, thinking it was the best decision at the time. You know, he, he wasn't going to come out and say that Matt Patricia sucked, right? That was never going to happen. Um, but, but so when it comes to Mac Jones, I, I think it was very interesting, right? Because what do you it, say Do about- you feel, feel like he kind of, that, that he in a way almost said, said that, I don't want to say Mac Jones sucks, but, but that, that he, he doesn't fully believe in him. I mean, when he said, when he said what he said about him today, um, you know, specifically that he can play in this league. I mean, I think that was his exact quote. I mean, that's kind of damning someone with faint praise, isn't it? Yeah. I, well, look, realistically, right. Bill's a straight shooter. I mean, what, what did you see this year? That's worthy of, of high praise for Mac Jones, right? Like I, th- I think what Bill's, comments you know what what he said today was accurate for what we've seen for the last two years and that's hey look Mac's a good player Mac has the ability to play in the NFL uh what we saw this year was not a step forward and he he even can he you know he he also say, uh, stated that look you know he kind of put it on everybody's shoulders, basically saying that the quarterback play and Max play and development is not solely on Max's shoulders, right? He said, you know, we all need to 
do better to help him get to you know get to where he needs to be and all that. So I think he was kind of basically saying like, look, like we definitely didn't see what we needed to. There was a lot of reasons why that was the case. Um, but you know, we think Mac has the talent to to do it. But but look, he wasn't gonna he wasn't gonna come out and and be effusive with his praise because what was there to be effusive over? I mean, I I can't think of anything that uh, that he should be you know overly um, you know o- o- overly happy with. But especially at least when it comes to Mac. The but why did why did he have to say anything at all? Is, is or, or why couldn't he like? Is there anyone ever in the history of the NFL that's better at just tossing a few banalities or a few cliches out there and appeasing the press or basically even just frankly outright flaunting the press by not answering questions or refer you know going back to the same stock statements we've heard a thousand times. No one is is more masterful than Bill Belichick at that. So why did he even have to say anything at all because, about Mac? Well, because I think that's I, I, to be honest, I think he kind of did. Like I, I think that was the way to skirt around the answer. Because look, the question was, is Mac going to be your starting quarterback heading into next year? And I don't think you know, I don't think Bill's the type of guy. Um, who's going to just let Mac think it's a given, right? Especially after he didn't see a big step forward this year. Like I would, I would have been very surprised if, if, if Bill came out and said, yeah, no, Mac's a hundred percent locked and loaded our starting quarterback. No questions about it. Like that would have been very, very odd to me if he said that. So I think he did. He skirted around the question. Um, you know, he didn't commit to him being the starter. He didn't commit to him being the future guy. He just simply made a, a vague statement by saying that, Hey, look, yeah, he's got the talent to play in the league. But we'll see what happens. We all got to be better and help out. I thought that I thought he kind of did do what you were, you know, looking for him to do. I I, I don't think so. Like I, I really disagree. I, I I just feel like look, like I, well, well, this is the thing. I guess it comes down to this, right? The, the popular narrative right now is that Matt Patricia Joe Judge experiment was an abject failure, and what I hear when I hear Bill Belichick's comments today. Is that, is that Bill Belichick, if you read between the lines, doesn't necessarily believe or agree with that it was as big a failure as the rest of us do. And it felt like, you know, with what he said and the way he said it and what he didn't say, that he was putting a lot of responsibility or some responsibility on Mac. I think more responsibility than most of us would put on him. Now, I'm not saying, you know, Mac played well this year and i'm not saying i'm not concerned about him i'm not saying that i'm not disappointed in him but and i don't have doubts about him going into next year because i do but i'm just saying like i think most people think the core problem with this franchise right now on offense was the coaching and it kind of felt like from the way belichick said what he said today that that he kind of feels like maybe the responsibility is more shared than, than, than most of us do. And, and I don't know if, if that is, if that's on the same page with, with what we've been hearing coming from Kraft and the front office over the last few months trickling out. No, but I mean, like, to me, I think it's accurate. Like, you know, I, I, I think I've been a little bit more critical of, of Mac than you potentially, but, you know, I, I've said, I, I, you know, I don't know if, if, if Mac's the guy, um, you know, I, I've had my doubts about, about the way he plays. Um, and it, it, you know, so I, I guess I don't, I don't really hate the fact that, uh, you know, they may have their doubts as well. Um, you know, this, this is a guy that, 
like I said, like we haven't seen, uh, we didn't see a single game this year where he just stepped up and willed them to a win, even if it was just like once. You know what I mean? Like there was a there, there was a lot left to be desired, and I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's just a coincidence that when Bailey Zappi got thrust into the starting position, he looked pretty good, good good enough to the point where he had a bunch of people in New England chanting his name. Um, constantly so you know you could call it an overreaction but the overreaction comes from I think a legitimate uh, reason and that's the fact that people around here are not seeing what they need to see for Mac to be excited about him uh, is as the next franchise quarterback now now look I think you're you're obviously uh, in a tough position right Um, you know but to to go back to what he has around him in, in, in Max Weapons, right, in his supporting cast. Did you catch the very last question of the press conference? Like, the very last one. I forget who asked it. It was it was um, a female reporter from, from, from one of the major outlets. And it was, it was a great question. She, sh- she said, uh, you know, and this was related to the, to the spending. She said, well, you know, in 2020, or what was it, 2020 or 2021, um, you know, you went out and you spent a historic, you know, record-breaking number uh, for this franchise and free agency. Um, do you think you got the most bang for your buck? And did you hear Bill's answer to that? Of course, yeah. He said he said we were 27th in total spending. But no, but in terms of what he got, like the bang for his buck, he said, he, you know, he made an <laughs> argument that, that that, like, you know, a lot of the players that they brought in made them a significantly better team um, than they would have been. It sounded like Bill defended all of his decisions in free agency. Well, um, right, and that's that's exactly it. And it's like, do you think that they got good bang for their buck? I don't. But I think what they. Paid. But I think but that, he does. But and he, I listen to that press conference. I hear a guy that took that did not take responsibility for the for what I would say was the abject failure that that he put on this organization that he put people in around him in position to fail because they, they, they brought in the wrong players, they brought in the wrong coaches and then it didn't work. And it's just a question of where you put the blame and the responsibility. And I think that's one place that you and I might disagree because I, I really do blame the, the, the circuses when it comes to like max poor performance. I look at the team around him and it sucks. There's not one unit on this team that I think is anywhere near where it should be. Their offensive line is a total sieve. It has been all year. Um, the receivers are terrible. They, Nelson Aguiar, they're paying him like he's the number one receiver. The guy, something bad happens every time they throw it to him. Okay, Devontae Parker was kind of a dud. You know, he's, he had a few moments on Sunday, but overall, um, Hunter Henry is an average player at best. Johnny Smith is a total bust. Isaiah Wynn was a first-round pick. He stinks. Um, they shipped out Shaq Mason. Like, they, they made so many awful personnel decisions. And, and it's so easy to sit there and point the finger at the quarterback when it doesn't work. Where, where is Bill taking responsibility for, for, for opening up Robert Kraft's purse strings last year, spending an absolute boatload of money, and having you know, Nelson Aguiar and Johnny Smith and, 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 and um, some of these other players that just were not that good at all, in fact, opposite of that were bad, where is he taking responsibility of that? No. He, what does he do? He defends it. He defends it. And I think that, that, to me, I find that upsetting. I find that disturbing. And it makes me feel like this they're not on the same page. Or, or Belichick. Belichick's more into defending himself right now and, and his mistakes than he is actually owning them. I mean, look, I think, yeah, guys like John Smith, I, you know what? I'm still a John Smith believer. I think they just don't use him in the right capacity. Like, look, John Smith is 
athletic and versatile, and he is talented. Like, he should be someone that they should be lining up, like, in the backfield in, like, a fullback role, running routes with them out of the backfield, using double tight end sets. Like, I don't know why they refuse to utilize this guy. Um, but I, going back to Bill's comment, I think, you know, and he said, you know, some players have contributed more than others, but I I think Bill may really think that some of the players he brought in were some uh, some of the right guys, guys like Hunter Henry, um, guys like Aguilar and Bourne. Like I think he, I think he genuinely may be hinting at the fact that he doesn't think Mac helped them just as much as they didn't help him. Um, I, I I agree with you. That's that's exactly what I think he was hinting at, and and I and I don't personally agree with that, and I and I find it. I find it frightening a little for the future of this franchise that the the the, G, the guy that's the GM that's that's calling all the shots that the guy that the guy that's been wrong about almost everything that he's done in the last four or five years, by the way, from Tom Brady to Cam Newton to the free agency, I mean to, to Matt Patricia, just go down the line. We're not dealing with the Bill Belichick of of two thousand and four anymore. I mean, really, this guy's been wrong about everything, and when it really comes down to it he's still not taking responsibility or really being, it sounds like very honest with himself about the mistakes that he made. Like, I don't care what Bill Belichick says or thinks and he may be a football genius and I may be some idiot that doesn't know the game that well, but Nelson Aguiar was not a good signing bill. Okay. Whatever happened, whatever happened, it was a terrible signing from the day they made it. And, and, it raised my eyebrows the day they made it, and I've watched it play out for two years, and I don't care who's playing quarterback. That guy stinks. So, you know, there are other examples. So where is taking responsibility? It's not there. Instead, it's, well, we have a lot of good players. Really? That Nelson Aguiar for $14 million a year is, is a good player? That's a good personnel move? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I yeah, I can definitely agree with you on that, I but – Look, I, 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 look, I see validity on both sides. I see that I see that neither the free agents or uh, Mac have really helped each other out in any major way. Um, but it's going to be very interesting because, you know, as Bill alluded to, uh, like he said, it's not acceptable and something needs to change. So what exactly is going to change, right? Is he going to is he going to bring in some new weapons? Uh, is he going to change up his drafting style and start to bring it, you know, try to try to go higher in some. Uh, some offensive weapons and bring in some, you know, first and second round receivers, which, you know, he very rarely does. Um, is he going to take the quarterback uh, in a new direction? There's a lot to be seen right now. And I think, I th- but, you know, I guess the one thing I took away from Bill's uh, press conference is that nothing was really off the table. He didn't, you know, want to come out and throw anybody under the bus or put, the, put blame on anybody's shoulders. But it definitely didn't seem like anybody – um, on the coaching staff or on the roster was safe in terms of their role in the team heading into next year. It seemed like there's a lot that he's going to be evaluating this offseason. I agree. Agreed. Now, I, I and I'll, I'll end it on this, and then we'll move on to a few other um, related topics. But the bottom line is this, you know, regardless of where you as individual might look at the situation and put the responsibility, whether you put it on Mac, whether you pull it on Belichick, whether you put it on Kraft, whether you put it on wh- wherever you decide that, that it should go. The bottom line is this. The press conference that he held today made them come off like a divided house. And, and, and I think that regardless of whether Mac's the guy, Mac isn't the guy, Mac stinks, Mac's good, it's, it's Matt Patricia's fault, it isn't Matt Patricia's fault, this is not a good thing for this franchise 
that that there that, that there there is a little bit of division i think seeping through um you know about 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 what really went wrong these last three seasons right and, and maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm imagining things but it comes off like there is division and i don't think that's good for the future of the franchise and how they write the ship yeah no i i think i think we can all agree um that this does not seem like a like a unified front and uh, yeah, I'm going to be curious how that division manifests itself because, you know, there's a lot that needs to change and a lot that's up in the air. So it's going to be a long and interesting offseason, I think. Absolutely. Well, let's talk a little bit about that change, Justin, because, um, you know, we, we've talked all year long about the Bill Belichick doomsday clock, right? And when it hits midnight, Belichick's time is up. Uh, the Patriots were eight and nine this year. We've had 18 weeks of the NFL season. The Patriots are on the outside of the playoffs looking in. So we've moved our clocks back and forward at different times during the year. But, but I do want to ask you one last time as we head into this off season and the possibility of a lot happening in the next few weeks, where do you put your bill Belichick doomsday clock now that the season is over? And what does this coaching staff actually look like next year? And what do you want it to look like if Belichick is back as the head coach or even if he isn't, like, what, what is, what do you think is the right vision for how this franchise moves moves forward with the coaching? I mean, I'm not moving the doomsday clock. And to be completely honest, I'm not moving it because of the press conference today. I, you know, what, you know, for for right or wrong, I took away from it that Bill plans on being here for a while. I think he wants to show uh, that he can write the ship. He can build uh, a successful. Uh, organization again. He doesn't need Brady to compete and win a championship. I that was just kind of the vibe I got from him. You know, even just even just the way he was handling the reporters today, it just seemed a lot more like old school Belichick versus like you know some of some of what we've seen of, uh, from him as of late. Um, so I'm not going to move the doomsday clock. I think he plans to be here and uh, plans to turn the organization around. Um, Remind me, you have it last time because I don't even remember. I I think I think you know. Well, first off, is it? I, I think I had it around like maybe eight, nine o'clock, nine o'clock, something like that. Um, yeah. But I, you know, maybe. Are, are we ta- like if he retires, I, are we are we including that as striking midnight, or is it just like for him to okay. get the axe? Of course, whatever it is. Okay, well, just, it, as long as he's gone, right? So anything constitutes. He's gone exactly. Okay. So yeah, so no, if that's the case, like I'm keeping it right around nine o'clock. I think he's he's hinted that he wants a few more years. And uh, to be honest, I, 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 find it hard, I find it hard to believe that Kraft don't give it to him. So, yeah, I'm not moving. Well, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to move it forward. As far as the coaching staff next year, um, I don't expect to see Judge and Patricia gone, but I do expect to see them um, in different roles uh, doing anything besides running the offense. I do think Bill values them. Um, you know, you know, for their football intelligence, whether us as the general public does or not, you know, I think that's that's up for debate. I know, I know, you're not too high on either of them, especially Patricia. Uh, but I think Bill is, and for that reason, they'll stay around, hopefully in different roles. Um, again, I think just by letting them go that further would throw them under the bus, and I don't think Bill's going to do that for two guys that he really likes. Um, so I think if I, he'll find a different way to utilize them. That special teams coach better be gone. Um, look, you know, I'm going to be really pissed if Gerard Mayo. Uh, 
if Gerard Mayo leaves because that should be his defense. You know, I'm I'm sick of watching Steve Belichick flounder back there. Like he's a clown. I'm not I'm not sold on Steve Belichick. Look, I I I don't hate the fact that his dad wanted to give him a shot, but you got Gerard Mayo. I'd I'd hate to see him go to another organization to move up and get advancement, and we pass on him just like we passed on some other really good talent, um, player and uh, coaching personnel. I you got to bring in someone like a like a Bill O'Brien or someone that can that can run the offense in, a, in, a, in an advanced capacity and kind of open Mac up and help him grow. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I, think we, I, I think we see a bunch of changes next year, and I'd be very shocked if we didn't, you know, based on Bill's con- uh, press conference today. Yeah, all right, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with my Belichick Tuesday thought because I, I disagree a little with what you're saying. And I, I think I, – I really think what, what you're not, um, you know – which, which you're underestimating is you're underestimating the stones of proper craft. And, and, and don't think for a second that craft won't make a decision. That's a tough, hard, crazy decision for his franchise. If he thinks it's in the interest of his franchise. And I think the rhetoric that's been coming from the Patriots front office, from Robert Kraft's office, the leaks in the media, going back to last year owners meeting when he, specifically commented on them not winning a playoff game for three seasons. Now it's four. Um, I think Kraft is upset about the state of this franchise. And I don't think he likes what he saw. And I think that, I think that Belichick was abjectly wrong about the biggest decision in the history of, of the NFL, which was pushing Brady out the door. Yeah. And I'm sure Kraft is upset about it. And, and Belichick's been wrong about a lot the last few years. So I, I really think like, I, do I think Kraft will fire Belichick this year? No, I don't. But do I think Robert Kraft may put some significant ultimatums to, to Bill Belichick about what this looks like moving forward? Yes, I do. And I think that the question will become, how does Bill Belichick react to those ultimatums? And, and can they meet somewhere in the middle and find a path forward? Because, you know, the, the coaching staff, as was last year, cannot come back in 2023, this was not a functional operation. Matt Patricia was not qualified to do the job. It was an embarrassing experiment. It was an experiment that set this the, the development and growth of the franchise quarterback, supposed franchise quarterback, back significantly more than I think any of us even thought. Even the worst case scenarios were. I mean, who thought Mac was going to be this bad this whole year? <clears throat> as much as people may have panned. Uh, Patricia and Judge. I don't think anyone really felt like it was going to be this big of a fiasco, and 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 Kraft will not allow it to come back. So I think it is there is a realistic scenario where where Belichick is not back, and, and it plays out over the next few weeks. That's just my personal, you know, two cents assessment of the situation. I mean, I want Belichick back, but 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 I want him back on the right terms. And the reality is, he's been his own worst enemy the last few years, and that has to end. And if he's not willing to, to make concessions around that, then this is going to go down the toilet really fast. And, and Robert Kraft will 1,000% do what he needs to do. So um, that's a possibility. Now, assuming that doesn't happen and Belichick is back, I think you have to get rid of Cam McCord as a special teams coach. I don't understand how they didn't get rid of him after last year. The special teams was an embarrassment in 2021. And they come out this year, and it was actually worse this year. They, they've given up, I think, four returns for touchdowns this year. They've had four blocked 
punts for touchdown in the last two seasons. The next closest team is at two. They consistently make mistakes on special teams, penalties. Um, And as much as those two kickoff returns for touchdowns were infuriating and horrible and embarrassing, don't forget the squib kick that went out of bounds too. Like this, you know, that, that gave Buffalo the ball. That was such insult to injury. Oh my God. That was awful. Right. Talking about that, but, but that is just execution and they have had terrible execution on special teams for two years. So at some point you have to hold the coach accountable. And, uh, and I think that means you move on from Cam Accord this year. No questions asked. You need to bring in a new, new coach. Um, there obviously needs to be a new offensive coordinator. I, I'd be totally great with it being Bill O'Brien. Um, I wouldn't mind if they gave Nick Haley a shot, uh, our young person. There are other interesting options now cliff kingsbury being fired today that's an option but they need to bring in an experienced offensive coordinator to try and salvage mac jones's career because if they don't do that you're going back to the draft to draft a quarterback after next year and that's back to square one and that is another three to five year setback and that's the last place that they want to be with a 72 year old head coach um and then the other thing i really think you need to think about is the likelihood and you hit on this that gerard mayo will not be on this staff next year. And it's because he's going to be a head coach somewhere. He's too talented. He's, he's, he's too coveted. And there are, there are jobs. There are, there are people that, that are going to want to hire him as the head coach. So are you okay as an organization with Steve Belichick being the defensive coordinator next year? And maybe as you alluded to, that's where Matt Patricia fits in. Like I have to be totally honest with you, even though I don't love Matt Patricia, even as a defensive coach, I have no problem with him being being on this coaching staff on the defensive side of the ball or as an assistant head coach even. I mean, this is a guy that was a head coach for three seasons, um, is an experienced defensive coach, and I have no doubt he can bring something to the process. He has no business coaching the offensive side of the ball, however. So, you know, maybe that's his role in 2023 is that is that when Mayo leaves, Patricia goes back to defense and helps. Joe Judge would be a great special teams coach for this team. They need one, desperately. Um, he has no business being quarterback coach, and they need an offensive line coach. Don't forget about that because this team, this offensive line, I mean, come on. It was a disaster this year, and I don't believe they were as bad. as I think they were better talent-wise than they performed as units because – of the coaching that they got. I mean, there was penalties, blown assignments, miscommunications, bad mistakes on the offensive line all year. That's coaching. Well, Matt Patricia never coached an offensive line before. He's your offensive line coach. You know, so they need a real offensive line coach as well. So, so they really need to fill like four or five positions on the, on, in the coaching staff. And, And I would say if Bill Belichick is back, this coaching staff needs to be totally shaken up totally different um, as a condition to, for Belichick to move forward because, because, because otherwise, you know, you're, you're bringing back the same group and it, it's just not going to work. Yeah. I mean, I mean a hundred percent and it would actually be kind of ironic too. If they re- like, if they just moved pieces around, you know what I mean? Like if they just brought in an offensive coordinator and all of a sudden judges special teams, like, Patricia's defensive coordinator wouldn't it wouldn't it just be so aggravating that like you know the whole time like they had a role that they should have been doing and we were just wasting their time trying to learn a new trick that's it's like so stupid to me but I mean you know it, at the end of the day as long as they do what they have to do um 
you know, I know everyone was pretty bummed that they didn't do anything during the year. Um, and a lot of people consider, you know, it actually wound up wasting the year. But look, just get it right for next year. Bring in whoever you got to bring in. Get the offense rolling. Um, and I'll even say that Mac probably deserves a chance um, to come in that with was the gonna, coaching staff. That was going to be my next question to you. So let's let's get to that. Are you 100% sold on Mac Jones as the starting quarterback? I know we're not sold on him as a franchise quarterback. I think we both – me more a proponent of his, you more skeptical. I think being realistic and reasonable, the way this went this year, you have to have doubts about Mac going into year three. But I think that having doubts about him and saying, you know, he shouldn't get the job or different things. Are you sold on Mac being this team's starting quarterback next year? Does he deserve another year? And as a sub kind of topic there, how much resources in terms of salary cap allotments, and, and draft capital should this team put into the quarterback room? Should they get another quarterback? Should they bring in a, a veteran Marcus Mariota or, you know, Baker Mayfield type that, that could come in? Um, is that something that, that would be advisable? Is that just going to undermine Mac? Um, how do you handle that? Yeah. I mean, look, I'll tell you right now, I don't want any of the quarterbacks that are going to potentially be available next year, other than like a Lamar Jackson. I mean, he's like a cream of the crop. If, you know, I would be very surprised, uh, very, very surprised if Patriots went and got him, but that's the only guy I think worth, uh, worth, uh, you know, anything. Um, I wouldn't want a Derek Carr loser. Daniel Jones could potentially be gone. He's a loser. Um, you know, some of those other guys you were talking about, Mariota, no, no, thank you. Um, Look, I think Mac does deserve a chance. I think he does. I think, you know, as little, you know, maybe he hasn't really impressed us. You know, we talk about, you know, what he hasn't done, all the question marks around him. Um, but look, the guy needs a chance with a competent uh, offensive coordinator. And you know what? But, but I, I'm going to play my own devil's advocate, though, because, you know, next year, if, even if he gets one, right? People are still going to be able to say, well, that's his third coordinator in his third year. And if he's bad next year, everyone's going to say, well, he, had, he never had any consistency. Give him, a, uh, give, him, give him a second year with the same offensive coordinator. See what happens. I mean, eventually, you just have to uh, be ready to move on. I don't think next year is going to be the time to move on. I just don't think the options are that good. Even as far as drafting, from what I'm hearing, um, the following year's draft class is going to be better for quarterbacks. Um, I think you got to give Mac another chance. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, my, my personal feeling, obviously, I mean, this is no secret is that I think Mac is a good quarterback. I really do. I think he was handed an absolute bag of crap this year. I mean, that's just my personal, very unexpert opinion um, from being a fan. Like I, I really like, you know, the, I, I've seen bad quarterback play before and, I don't think that Mac is a bad quarterback. I think I think he's good quarterback. I mean, his last eight games or nine games this year, he threw something like you know thirteen touchdowns and five interceptions. Like he he actually improved very quietly this year. The reason it didn't always feel like that is because this was such a shit show, it was such a nightmare the whole season long. So I think this guy, I don't know if he's a great quarterback or not, or if he ever could be one, I think it's up in the air, but, but I think he, I think he is a good quarterback. And I, and I, and I feel like that if you put the right pieces around him, he, he will be able to, to show that. Um, 
and it really comes down to getting those pieces in place around him. But but I will also say that that after this year, you have to have doubts. And um, if he doesn't perform well again next year, at some point you have to stop making excuses for the guy. This is something we've talked about on the podcast before. And, 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 and it really puts this franchise back to square one. And that's not a good thing at all because going back to the draft and developing the next guy is, is no, you know, that's no small feat. I mean, that's no sure thing either. You could draft, you know, the, the best quarterback coming out of college and half the time he's a bust, you know, the consensus number one pick half time, half the time they're a bust. I mean, look what the jets are going through now with Zach Wilson, who is and look what the Niners are going through now with Trey Lance. Those are the number two and three picks in the draft just a year ago. And in the course of two seasons, I, I have a hard time seeing either one of those two guys end up being legitimate franchise quarterbacks. So no one should be excited about the prospect, the possibility of Mac failing and going back to the draft. That's not that's not a good thing for this franchise at all. So you have to give him a third year. You have to surround him with the best possible pieces, a la the Eagles with Jalen Hurts, a la the Dolphins with Tua Tagovailoa, right? Bring in, bring in weapons, bring in linemen, because that's really what they need, and bring in the coaching, and, and hope that this guy can 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 be build off the second half of this year, which was better, and and take it to that next step where he's actually a legitimate quarterback in this league um because if it doesn't happen and and, and, and you you realize all of a sudden you, that he's really like case keenum or you know he's really kyle allen or he's really tyler haneke which is just a guy that occasionally shows flash but isn't really a franchise guy or even a starting guy so you're absolutely screwed you're you're screwed you're, you're talking another three to five year rebuild yeah, no, I mean, 100%. It's definitely not a good position to be in. I think at this point you have to go all in over the next year or two and, and salvage the rest of Mac's rookie deal and try to turn him into a franchise quarterback. I mean, look, we've we've all acknowledged that uh, it looks like he has some good building blocks and some raw talent. Um, but, you know, look, we, we've said tons of times, and, you know, you've alluded to, to, to the development um, that Mac's had in New England in terms of – or the lack thereof – um, I guess, and we've talked about how franchises have ruined quarterbacks and how, you know, depending on some, where some guys went versus where they could have gone, you know, it, it changed the whole traje- uh, trajectory of their career. It's not good for New England uh, to get the reputation as as a place that's going to kill a quarterback's career. That's the it's the last thing you want for free agency, for, for, for everything. Um, so I, I think you really, really have to uh, – have to hit it hard the next year or so and, and really do whatever you can to get Mac. You raise a great point because look, if you're a college player or even a free agent, you know, and you're looking at coming to, to New England as a quarterback, like, look, Tom Brady, we've talked about before how bad he was in 2019 and how great he was in 2021 and 22 with the box. Like this franchise, okay. Let's forget the laundry and what happened 15 years ago. This franchise brought down Tom Brady, the GOAT. Okay, His production was 50% less in 2019 than it was in 2020 because of what? The way they coach, the players they're bringing in, the, the guys on the team? I don't know. But you're right. It's a trend. And I can't imagine that, 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 a, that a rookie quarterback would be excited about coming 
have Matt Patricia as your offensive coordinator and Jacoby Myers as your best receiver and, and an offensive line that, that can't block anyone. Like I can't imagine that would be exciting. So that, that possibility is out there. So like it is so critical for this franchise that, 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 that Mac is successful. Justin, let me ask you a question. Um, j- just the whole year is over now. And we've talked a lot about some of the, um, some of the ups and downs in the season, but was this a wasted year for the new England Patriots? Like there, there, there are years you can win six games, but it's not a wasted year because, you know, you develop a quarterback or you're headed in the right direction, or you're feeling good about the team next year. Um, it feels like I can't really say that this team franchise is, is headed in the right direction right now. It feels like a lot of the things they've made investments in, be it Mac Jones, Matt Patricia, Joe Judge, you know, some of the other players, the free agents, things we talked about. It feels like a lot of those things didn't really work out or have doubt around them. And there are a ton of questions. Was this a wasted season for the Patriots? You know, there's definitely some some positives um, and some building blocks that I'll get to. But, you know, and maybe the wound's just still fresh for me, but I have to say it, it leans in my mind as a, as a wasted season. Um, you know, I, I look back to what happened um, last year, and, you know, we squeaked in the playoffs, you know, albeit we got embarrassed, but we made it. Um, and we said to ourselves, wow, we did that. And we didn't get much out of our free agents. They're still, I guess, you know, getting used to being in New England. Um, we had a rookie quarterback. Um, you know, we had a defense that we had a ton of question marks uh, and didn't know, you know, where 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 those answers were going to come from. You know, if you told me this year that coming in, you know, Mac was going to get another year of development, those big free agents that we signed were going to get a full offseason and, and another year to work um, – with their young quarterback and that we were going to hit on some of these draft picks and some of our young defenders were going to emerge the way that they did. Um, and we were going to build actually a very nice, good young defense that I think a lot of people regard as a, a top tier defense in the NFL. I would have had much, much higher expectations for this year. I would have expected, um, I would have expected t- at least 10 wins. I would have expected the playoffs. I would have expected the ability to even win a playoff game. Um, and we got none of that, and it just felt like every time we had a chance, we shot ourselves in the foot, 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 over and over and over again in every big or even moderately close game, um, and we just we just really took ourselves out of it. So I have to say it's a wasted season. I really think so, especially when you look at the fact that now you, you know you got some of the some of the veterans like McCordy and Slater leaving, um, leaving in the note that they're leaving. Um, it's tough. And then, you know, one last thing I, I will say, at least, you know, as far as the positives, um, I think we do have a good young defense with a ton of building blocks. I, I think we did hit um, on a couple draft picks and uh, I think we do have, um, you know, some, some talented people to work around, but overall, yeah, I think it was a wasted season. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it, there are a, a lot of positives. Right. Uh, I mean, as, as much as I, I know there are doubts around a lot of the big things, the coach, the quarterback, if you look up and down the roster, they've actually filled some holes the last couple of years. And, and that's a big, big, big positive. 
But I think the reason that it feels like a wasted season is is because the franchise quarterback didn't just take one or two or three steps back. He took like 10 steps back. And, and the whole Matt Patricia thing, just as we've talked about, didn't work. If you take that out of the equation, um, I don't feel like it was a total waste of a season in the sense that I think they developed a lot of good young players this year that are going to be part of fixing the problem moving forward. Um, do you, do you, do you think that, um, do you agree with me that, and, and you might not agree with this because, and, and, and this might even shock you that I'm going to say this because my tone for the first, you know, 35 minutes or whatever we've been recording here has been so negative, but in spite of it all, I actually feel like if this team and this franchise goes out and does the right thing this offseason, both on and off the field, the coaches and makes a few smart personnel moves here and there at a few key spots, I actually think they are not that far away from being a contending team again. You know, for all the chaos and the disorder, if Bill Belichick can swallow his pride and make a few concessions. If Robert Kraft can swallow his pride and meet Belichick in the middle, if they can bring in an offensive coach that's a real offensive coach, if they can, if they can bring in the right the right players and the right pieces um, on, on the offensive line, I think that I think that this team could be a really good team next year. And I know that sounds crazy when you when you consider there's all this doubt and uncertainty around the coach, around the quarterback. But because they've made some good moves, they've rebuilt the, the team through the draft in some ways. I, I, I don't I really don't feel like they're that far off. I mean, if they just if they just make a few smart common sense moves. So look, I I totally agree, right? I think I think that's two different things though. I think this season can still be a wasted season and they can still be in a good position where they're a few moves away from being a contender. I agree with both. I think that this is a team um, that, like we said, if they put some of the right coaches in place, um, you know, if they, they, a couple players step up, they bring in a player or two. um, This is a team that we could easily see, you know, wind up like 11 and, seven or 12 and six, whatever, or whatever it is, you know what I'm saying? Like they'll have a good record. I think um, it reminds me of like, well, but I, th- I think you're hitting, I think what you're hitting at though, Justin, and, and to be honest with you is that, is that th- this, the reason this was a wasted season is because, you know, even though they have a lot of the building blocks in place, they, they blew it with the Matt Patricia, Joe judge thing. Right. Isn't that what it, we're really saying here that, that, cause let's face it. And you might disagree with this, but I think, at the end of the day, and this goes back to a conversation we had back in March or so for the preseason when they when they announced that this was going to be the arrangement, um, you know, the decision to give the reins to Matt Patricia and Joe Judge really cost this team a playoff berth this year. Like if they had a real offensive coordinator and they had an even average or above average offense like they did last year, with the defense they have, this team wins another two or three games. And and they, and and this would have been a very competitive team in the playoffs. I mean, look, we can 
we can say it's the the Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, um, and you know, and I'm fine saying that, but I think to take it even to a higher level, you know, it for me it really comes down to the fact that last year we made the playoffs, and this year I think we were a much better team than we were last year as far as the talent and the potential. In this year, we finished under 500 and fell short. That's that's really why I look at it and say it's a wasted season. I know that this year we were still a few guys away and a few personnel moves away from being a contender, but I didn't expect us to take a step backwards. I'm not saying we should have taken a huge step forward, but we definitely should not have gone backwards from where we were given the improvements that we made uh, from from last year or to from last year to this year, so I guess it does go to emphasize your point that hey, like if the talent was there, you know where did we go wrong? And Patricia and Joe Judge is a great place to start. Um, but I mean, for me, that's really what it comes down to. It comes down to the fact that we we are better than an eight and nine team as is, and we still should have. Been well, in yes, you're right. And in spite of all their flaws and all the things that went wrong, this team lost like four games that you could argue they really not only could have, but should have won. And if they had won any one of those games, they, they would be in the playoffs. I, I think you just hit the nail on the head when you said this team was better than last year's team. They were better than last year. The defense was much better. Um, and the offensive Pete, the offense should have been roughly comparable to last year's offense based on the talent they had, were it not for the coaching staff. So you're totally right. And, and also to some bad luck, but, but luck is the residue of design, as they say. And the bottom line is, you know, as we talked about, there, there is a bit of a losing culture thing going on. You don't lose games like this team lost games this year and, 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 and just attribute that totally to coincidence. But you know, they're, they're, they're they really should have made the playoffs um, immediate. Um, no question about it this year. They were a better team. Um, Justin, I want to talk before we wrap it up about a couple of specific uh, position battles and some of the offseason question. Um, Jacoby Myers is a is a free agent now. Um, you know, I think that he's clearly been their most reliable receiver. What do you do about Jacoby Myers? Do you do you pay big money for a player like that, or, or you just let him walk? I mean, I think if he takes a team friendly deal, I'd hang on to him. I I, I can't imagine him getting big money. I, I really can't. I mean, I don't think he 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 separated himself from the pack that much. I mean, I I, I, I think they they should keep him on a team friendly deal. And I you know he strikes me as the kind of guy that you know potentially would take that. Um, I'd I'd like to see him in New England. I, I think he's good. I think he has potential. He almost kind of reminds me, you know, not quite, not yet at least, uh, but he seems to almost be like a a young like Edelman in the making, or at least that's what they want him to be, right? Like that go-to guy um, that, you know. But, but he'll never be that guy because he just doesn't have the talent. Like he's a scrappy player. I love the guy if he's your number four receiver. But th- there's there's probably 120 receivers in the NFL that, that, that have better talent than he has. Like he's a three or a four wide receiver based – solely on his mental attributes like you know if you really look at his speed and his quickness like he does not have it uh, and and I, and I think we've seen this now for 4 years and we should be able to say that with confidence like he is not 
Edelman was a super talented athlete. Wes Welker was a talented athlete. Dion Branch was a talented athlete. Jacoby Myers is a scrappy little player. He's a tough little player. He's not a super talented guy. He's not particularly fast. He's not particularly big. He's not particularly strong. He's not particularly quick. Hey, he runs a great route. You know, he, he he's he knows where to be. I love the player, but personally, I let him walk unless, unless he's absolutely coming back on the friendliest of team-friendly deals. If there's someone out there, Arizona or, you know, some other franchise that's willing to just look at his 70 or 80 catches and six touchdowns this year and dump some money on him, then let him have it because the Patriots absolutely can replace him. Yeah, I agree. I don't think he's anything too special. Like, you know, I I think we're both kind of in the boat that, like, if he'll come back on a team-friendly deal, I'd love him to be my third wide receiver. But especially, you know, after what you you spent on Aguilar and Bourne, uh, you, you can't pay this guy big money. And I don't think he's worth big money. Absolutely. And unfortunately, Aguilar is coming off the books this year, which is which is really a godsend because I believe that was a two-year contract. Justin, what about Damian Harris? Um, he's a free agent. The rookie deal's up. He's a good back. Um, I don't – I'm just going to say this about my policy – for running backs is very, very, very simple. Don't pay running back ever. Damian Harris is a good back, but you know what? There are 40 other backs in the league that that are good backs. And and what the Patriots need to do is go out and draft the next guy. In fact, you could argue they may have already done that with Kevin Harris and Pierre Strong, both guys that showed a few small flashes at the end of the season. Belichick was a step ahead on that one. Um, there is no way this team should make a long-term commitment to Damian Harris. It is not going to win them games on the field. He's a good back. I like the player, but but you just can't pay running back. And every franchise that that has made a big commitment to running back in the last five-ish, ten-ish years has gotten burned by it, whether that's Ezekiel Elliott, whether that's Leonard Fournette, whether that's, I mean, you could go down, Saquon Barkley, um, you could go down the list. Um, these guys burn you because they they don't last long. They get injured all the time, and they are replaceable, unfortunately. That's just the nature of the game. There are a lot of good running backs that come out and get drafted every year, middle rounds, late rounds. The Patriots just pulled one, Ramondre Stevenson. So I wouldn't pay Damian Harris, would you? Definitely not. And especially, look, the one thing that, I, that you know, I agree with everything you said. The one thing you didn't even mention is the fact that uh, the last two years, he's had some serious health issues. I'm not paying a back that uh, hasn't proven to be, you know, durable. At least the one thing I can say about Ezekiel Elliott is, you know, that guy might not have been worth what he got paid, but he's one of the sturdiest running backs in the NFL. That guy has uh, has been a brick wall his entire career in the league. I mean, at least you know he's going to play the majority of games. Even now with all the wear and tear, he's still healthier than a lot of running backs in the league, and you get more out of him. Um, but nevertheless, yeah, I, you know, Damian Harris missed almost all this year. He missed some time last year, too. He's had hamstring issues. He's had he's had a few different issues. I think you got to let him go. Like you said, you still got Ramondre. You still got Pierre and Kevin Harris on team-friendly deals, and you can always go out and draft another guy. I think you definitely let him go. Yeah, uh, you have to. Um, what is what is the biggest need on this team g- going into the offseason? If you were the general manager, 
and you got they got the number 14 pick in the draft. They should be able to draft a good player with the 14th pick in the draft. You would think so. You would hope so. What is the priority um, for this team? What is the priority need for this team between free agency and the draft? Where What do they absolutely, absolutely have to address as, as their top priority going into 23? You know, I think for me um... – I, the way I look at you know this team and their their makeup right now, um, I feel really good. You know, and and I've said for a long time I don't think that they have a shutdown corner. But look, either of the Joneses could 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 prove to to be that guy. Um, I like the young defense. I'm gonna say that it should come on offense. I think uh, with the 14th pick, this team either needs a cornerstone offensive lineman that they can uh, solidify that line with and, and give Mac Jones some uh, some reassurance up front. Or they need to uh, beef up their weapons and draft the next young stud because this is a team that, you know, they lack a big playmaker. You know, you look at all the young quarterbacks and the young teams in the league that are having success, almost all of them have at least one, if not two, no, uh, big playmakers at wide receiver. Um I think that's what they need to do. I think they need to either go get a, a good offensive lineman or a good playmaker and uh, let them build a nice report with Mac Jones. Yeah, I mean, I, I would I would list their offense offseason priority as tackle, tackle, and tackle. Like they need they need a, an offensive tackle, and and if you really look at it, they need two of them because I think Trent Brown's contract is up, and I think Isaiah Wynn's contract is up. And in case you haven't noticed, they've tried to develop a third tackle with a mid-round pick here and there. They've, they've drafted a few guys. None of them have really stepped up. Of note, Jermaine Illuminor, who was, I think, a fifth or sixth-round pick, started the whole year in Oakland with Josh McDaniels, by the way. But they really haven't successfully been able to address the tackle position, really going back to the Isaiah Wynn, blowing pick. Um, obviously, Wynn was a huge disappointment for this franchise this year and really his whole four or five years that, that he's been on the, the team, they need two tackles, not just one. Right. And so they need to protect Mac Jones. Mac is the kind of quarterback that is going to need that protection. Um, every quarterback needs, needs good tackle play. I don't care who they are to do their job, because if you can't get the ball off, no matter how good you are, um, or how quick you are, or how mobile you are, if you don't have two or three seconds to, to deliver the ball, you're not going to be a very good player consistently. So they have to bring in a tackle. As much as I would love to say receiver, as much as I would love to say they need to bring in another skill position guy, some speed, um, they just have a gaping, desperate need. And, and I would go so far as to say that if they don't address the tackle position, regardless of who the coach or, frankly, the quarterback and the receivers are it's going to be hard for me to say that they're going to fix this offense in 2023 unless they get better play from their tackles i don't mind if they bring trent brown back but i don't think you can bring him back as the number one tackle next year just my two cents you cannot trust and rely on that guy he's injury risk and he's kind of i don't know emotionally unstable he's always on twitter and you know it just feels like you know is he going to buy in? Is he not going to buy in? Is he going to half-ass it? Is he going to quit? He obviously had, I don't know how many horrible penalties and blown assignments this year. At times he was okay. Um, but you don't want to trust a player like that, I think, as, as your number one 
tackle, especially when Mac Jones is your quarterback. So, so I really feel like it's tackle. Um, Justin, what do you, what are your thoughts on this tight end room? Because I, I feel like very quietly, very subtly, in spite of the huge investment they've made in the tight ends, um, I, I'm not really confident that, 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 that isn't also another area that needs significant reclamation. Like Hunter Henry is an average player at best. Like I, he, you know, I, I, I watch him catch these passes in the open field. He very rarely makes a move that, that frees himself up or, 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 or springs for extra few yards. I mean, he kind of just gets what's there, like low hanging fruit wise. Um, <clears throat> I don't think he's a bad player, but I couldn't say he's more than an above average player. And Johnu Smith is a total dud. I know, I know you had said earlier, you're still a believer in him. I have a hard time believing in, in him um, based on what I've seen the last few years. What does they do about the tight end position? You know, look, I'm going to be completely honest. I still, I still like the two guys we have. I know we haven't seen much from them, but I do think they're good. I think Hunter Henry is that guy. And I think Johnny Smith as your number two option. I mean, I'm, I'm happy with that. The problem with me is their utilization. I think their output has not been good, but I think their utilization has been even worse. I do not think um, we've made Hunter Henry a focal point. Look, we made him a focal point last year in the offense, and he had a career year, um, and, and he looked like one of the best tight ends in the league. This year he disappeared, um, and, I, and, I, and he was healthy, and I find it hard to believe that he him as a player, and I believe now his fifth year, sixth year, whatever it may be, uh, just took a huge step back in terms of his his skill level. I, I I find it hard to believe. Again, John o. Smith, a guy that he had a breakout year in Tennessee, and we brought him in, and uh, we were expecting big things from him, and we barely see him on the fields. I mean, that athleticism, that power, that speed, that versatility. We saw him in Tennessee lining up in the backfield. We saw him lining up uh, wide as a wide receiver, um, and he was dominant but we don't even see him in the field in a New England Patriots uniform. I mean, look, I, I find it hard to believe that this guy, these guys' talent, the talent that made them stick out in their respective franchise before in Tennessee and in the Chargers, a talent that, made, that got them these big free agency contracts to come to New England, that talent didn't go anywhere. So I still believe that, they, uh, that those two guys are, are plenty at the tight end position, I really just think we need to utilize them more. I do. I think we need to take it back to the old uh, Gronkowski, Aaron Hernandez, two tight end sets. We need to uh, line up. You know, we, we need to get creative with where we're lining them up and, and you, know, uh, you know, run them out of the backfield and line them up wide. Um, and, again, maybe that's the fact that we didn't have an offensive coordinator that was competent enough to do that this year. Um, but, uh, you know, call me crazy. I still believe in them. You know, I hope you're right because, you know, Johnny Smith's cap number for next year is massive. I want to say it's $18 million cap hit next year, which for tight end is just yeah. huge. So hopefully, you know, he, you're right about him. Justin, let's talk a few things about the game on Sunday, uh, and then we're going to move on to some stuff around the league. Um, what what a, One positive from, from the game, and I think you'd say this about the – uh, uh, all really throughout the year is that I mean they, they didn't shirk they didn't quit they they didn't they didn't they weren't too small for the moment in Buffalo um, as they really haven't been you know a lot this year like this team continues to fight like say what you will about Belichick the mistakes he's made his teams never quit and I think you saw that on Sunday 
that was a positive, right? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a positive. Look, I don't think the defense or the offense is the reason why we lost that game. I mean, so I look at that and I say, look, we played good enough to win in two out of the three areas of the game. And uh, it really came down to special teams, like, for you know, for me. So I look at that and I say, yeah, that was a that was a team that competed. That was a team that was ready to go into Buffalo um, and, and pull off an upset and get themselves into the playoffs. And uh, their special teams let them down. You hate to say it and uh, you hate to see it, but it happened. Do you agree with me? That I mean, I believe they win that game if they don't give up those two kickoff returns. I mean, they they in many ways outplayed the Bills, right? It, right. On offense and defense. Yeah, I mean, I I agree completely. I mean, look, even even those two, you know, impressive throws that Josh Allen had, those two big plays. I mean, you know, you take out those those two uh, those two kick return touchdowns, and the Patriots win by two. Um, right. You take out the fact that they. Like you mentioned earlier, you alluded to the the squib kick the third time, adding insult to injury that went out of bounds, um, where I believe that drive resulted in the Stephon Diggs touchdown or the John Brown touchdown, one of the two. I believe that was the drive that led to one of those big plays. Um, so, you know, you look at it and you're like, you if you want to factor that one in, you potentially gave up uh, 21 points uh, off of your special teams in, in your kickoff unit. So... I don't know, man. Right. That you know, it, it's. I don't care who you are or who you're playing. It's tough to win a game when you do that. Right. Well, I mean, at the point of that squib kick, the Patriots had just taken the lead in the third quarter on an awesome drive, and 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 then and then come out and and miss miss a two point conversion. Uh, excuse me. Um, come out and, and give a squib kick it was just a disaster. Um, the next thing I wanted to talk about was the, the decision to go for two with 12 minutes left. We've talked about this before, but I just don't understand why teams chase points when there's a whole quarter of football left. That decision proved to be very impactful because the Patriots found themselves later in that game down 12 points. And in a third and 19 situation, a desperation situation when quarterback threw a desperation pass that was intercepted if they only needed to be down, if they were only down 11 and a field goal would have done them any use, right. they would have picked it. I just want to make that observation that, I mean, that was so foolish to, to go for two there. I don't understand why, why teams chase that point when there's that much football left. I, yeah. I mean, you know, for me, it's not, uh, it, it, it I, I can't say I'm super disappointed in the fact that they went for two. I mean, it's the last game of the year. You're in Buffalo. You're facing a really good team. I don't hate trying to pull out some of the stops and be aggressive. Like, look, that's notoriously when the Patriots were the top dogs for as long as we had Belichick and Brady, especially, you know, in in, in the later uh, stages of, of the dynasty, how did teams that beat us usually had success, right? A lot of times, they were the more aggressive team. They took chances. They did things like two-point conversions, going for it on fourth down, um, trick plays, things that you know the Patriots normally don't do, that teams normally don't do, stuff that you have to do to beat a team that is probably better than you and you know, is capable of outplaying you. So I don't hate the fact that uh, we did it. And we actually, the play we drew up was kind of creative. I kind of liked it. Um, we just executed it piss poorly. So I look at it and I say, look, it didn't work out. But at the end of the day, I don't hate taking the shot against Buffalo. I really don't. So I think what we should do, Justin, is let's 
let's let's let's wrap it up in a second um and let's 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 keep the league stuff let's record again later this week and we'll do a whole playoff preview edition because i don't want to force and hurry the playoff stuff and stuff around the league because there's just so much stuff and great stuff with some of the other teams to get into so if you're cool with that like maybe we can record on thursday or friday or something and do a whole episode where we just do nfl playoffs but i want to um end on the following question to you um about the patriots which is that um it's three years post tom brady era um, we've talked about it before, but isn't it more apparent than ever? There was just absolutely no plan um, post Brady. Like, like wh- what were they thinking? I don't want to keep beating a dead horse, but I can't help but think it. I'm like, you know, what was this team thinking? Pushing Brady out the door three years later, they're 500. They're, they have uncertainty all across the field. What were they thinking? It just, it just doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't. No, it doesn't. Especially now. You know, you got Brady talking about coming back for at least another year, trying to sign another contract somewhere else. Um, you know, this guy's potentially going to play at least four, if not five or six years after, you know, you let him go. And in the three years since you let him go, he's three for three in terms of making the playoffs and he's got a Super Bowl. Uh, so, you know, I, especially with, you know, the defense you've kind of put together now in New England, I feel like this is this is a team that if you had Tom Brady, I feel like just maybe guys like Kendrick Bourne and in in Aguilar and in in Jonas Smith and Hunter Henry would just look that much better out there, right? We would be winning those 50-50 games. We would have a chance to compete um you know in 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 what really is kind of a wide open NFL this year. Um it 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 it's it's sad. It really is. Again, you know, there really wasn't a plan. Um and that almost speaks, I think, a little bit to, to to Bill's ego, you know, the sense that they didn't maybe think they needed a plan because, hey, you know, he's he was going to prove that it was his system. And while Brady was a great quarterback, he could find another talented quarterback and plug him into the system and have the same results. Uh, and clearly that is not well, the case. He thought that it was going to be plug and play, that he could just right. replace Brady. With any average quarterback, and and, and, the, and the train would just keep on chugging. And you know what? He was wrong about that. He was a hundred percent wrong. And I think that it was it was not a small mistake. It was a, as big a mistake as we've seen any GM or coach or executive make um, in modern professional sports history. So you know, it, it just it just has to be acknowledged that that this was this was a disaster. And and, and you know, if you're saying to me like, look. I'm a fan. I I don't know what's going on behind closed doors, obviously, but I, I see things like this, and it's just so disturbing. Like, how how did they? How did they, what? What the heck went on in their heads? What went on in their organization? What what do they say in their meetings? You know, when 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 they were in the position to make this decision, and and they had years. I mean, Bill Belichick's the guy that said in 2014, better to be a year early than a year late at that position. And then, you know, five years later, he was completely caught with his pants down when everyone could see it coming that Brady had a foot out the door. Um, he was just dead wrong for what he believed and thought about about the, the, the quarterback position and Brady's role in place and in, 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 in what he could bring to the table. And and I just think that, you know, on the on the occasion of the third season post Brady ending, I feel like that that really needs to be re-mentioned again. Is is just that this this was a mess that was totally brought on 
by a conscious choice. And I think that's why so many fans are, are, are not as patient with Bill as he deserves them to be. I mean, Belichick deserves better patience from all of us for what he's accomplished, but he doesn't get it. And this is why he doesn't get it because, because he did this, he did this as a, he did this as a conscious choice and, 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 and as, as a mistake. So it's going to be interesting to see which way and which path they take forward um, into the off season. And, 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 and if they're able to salvage this thing, and I, like I said, I really feel like they're not that, that far away. So um, it's going to be an interesting few weeks here in New England. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be very interesting, but look, you know, again, to back to your, your point earlier, was it a wasted season? If we learn from our mistakes and we make some big changes and we right the ship and maybe, Hey, look, sometimes you got to hit a low before you, uh, you change your trajectory and you really look yourself in the mirror. Um, and say that you need to make some serious changes and, and, and improve, right? And the one way I could say that this wouldn't be a wasted season is if this serves as our, our, our wake-up call, our slap in the face, our rock bottom that kind of propels us to, to make some drastic decisions um, and kind of save, you know, the, the, the legacy of this franchise moving into the future. Well, our, and, and we can end on that, but I'm, let's take it back to the original conversation topic. And Bill Belichick, you heard him today. Does he sound like a guy that's in a place where he's going to do that kind of honest, introspective, self self scouting about 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 the situation? It, it it did not feel that like that was the tone that 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 he he was throwing out there, and and that's why. I, I was struck by it, and and that's why I was so disturbed because I feel like, for, as you alluded to, for this whole thing not to be a waste, for this franchise to move forward, you know, they really need to really get honest about what they're doing wrong. And frankly, Bill needs to get really honest about what he was wrong about, which was an awful lot. He's still a great coach. I still have faith in him. Maybe it's misplaced faith. I still want him to be successful here. But but I don't think he is going to be successful at this point in his career unless he really changes some of the things he's done the last four years or five years because um, it really predates Brady, frankly. And, 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 and he doesn't sound like he's really in that place. Now, I could be dead wrong. He might do the right thing over the next three or four weeks. As I said, if he does do those things, this team will be right back in it. They really will. But But if, but if they keep doing things like they've been doing the last five seasons – um, this will continue to sink down the toilet bowl and, 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 and it will fall apart fast. And, and, and it could be a long period of mediocrity or worse ahead of us if that's the case. But let's, let's wrap it up, Justin, with that. Uh, do you have any final thoughts, my man? No, man. Hey, just, you know, like we said, disappointing. But um, nevertheless, we do have an exciting playoffs coming up. We got a bunch of good teams and a couple teams that I'm excited to see in the playoffs. Um, you know, a couple of players that I'm excited to see in the playoffs. So, you know, at the end of the day, as football fans, we uh, we still got a, a bunch to look forward to for the rest of the season. Exactly. The NFL playoffs are always entertaining. I, and I, I would like to come back, record a playoff preview edition later this week, get into all of it, all the storylines around the league, teams that made the playoffs, teams that didn't make the playoffs, coaches fired, all that, and just really go through it all. How's that sound, my man? That sounds good to me. 
All right, man. Well, listen, thank everyone that might have listened to the Dr. Football Podcast. Have a great week. Enjoy it. And we'll catch you later this week uh, with another edition.